todo el mundo. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson, author of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series and director of the film The Ventures Stars on Guitars. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast for people who love music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now, on to the show. Today's guest is the eclectic and creative Paul Blom from the industrial rock band Terminatrix. He is also an entertainment journalist, a music video producer, and he runs several film festivals, including Sound on Screen and the South African Horror Fest. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get him on the phone and dive in. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. Hey, Stacy. Thanks so much. Um, as I mentioned uh, in your intro, you do so many creative things in music and film. So I'm wondering, which was the first to get your interest? It's actually, it's, it's, it's hard to, hard to distinguish because I kind of grew up with both and yeah, always just, just loved it. Um, I guess music more so because my dad was a, a radio broadcaster um, here in Cape Town and um, at the SABC, the, the South African Broadcasting Corporation. And um, yeah, and he, he'd bring records home, stuff that we wouldn't really find anywhere else because, you know, I mean, South Africa was and pretty, pretty much still is quite a conservative place, but especially back in the apartheid days, you know, they'd, they'd ban certain movies and music, but then often, um, you know, they'd get stuff at the, at the SABC and it would not be allowed on radio, but then, you know, the, the DJs and the people there, then they end up taking the stuff home. So we we got some music that we wouldn't really listen to, um, get to listen to on the radio in South Africa back then. Um, stuff like uh, sort of glam rock stuff, like Mungo Jerry. <laughs> Obviously, oh, wow. it's not, yeah, yeah. There was some there was some music uh, oriented stations that um, that did that did play that, but it was it was it was. Very rare in the 70s. I was born in 1970, so that was like at the height of the the terrible days. Um, but yeah, so I just always just loved listening to music. My mom, she'd take us to the store. Like if uh, there was a show on, on television called Pop Shop, which is like a you know like a, the weekly music the weekly music TV show. Uh-huh. Um, and well, besides the fact that we only got television here in 1976, wow, because the 
that the government thought it was a bit of a novelty thing or would corrupt young minds. So they tried to sort of prevent it from <laughs> from kicking off. So I was like about six years old and, and then television popped up in South Africa. And the music shop pop shop, we'd, we'd watch that and there was stuff like Gary Newman's Cars when that came out. And then you'd go and look for it at the... At the, at the record store on the weekend um, but just systematically just started liking the the heavier stuff especially when when my brother and I started listening to Kiss that's sort of when it when it took off it just sort of uh, uh, sort of steamrolled and snowballed from there just listening to heavier and heavier stuff obviously we liked the theatrics of Kiss and the music was also very cool obviously but yeah from there it was like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Metallica, Slayer, Napalm Death. It just, <laughs> well, some people would think it got worse and worse. I would say it just got better and better. <laughs> better and better, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah, pretty much parallel movie-wise as well. I'm just um, just always liked watching stuff. Obviously, we and we watched stuff like The Jungle Book in cinema, and then when you discover horror movies, you know, it sort of kind of snowballs again and. You just like want to see the craziest, most crazy horror movies and stuff that was, like I said, I mean, movies were very often banned here. So stuff like The Evil Dead, it was kind of like under the counter. You had to get it. Sometimes a video shop had these these pirate copies under the counter that they'd that they'd rent out. That they'd sort of banned and they could actually get into quite a bit of trouble with that. But um, or just friends whose parents went overseas or had uh, friends that came from from abroad, brought movies like Maniac and Dawn of the Dead, <clears throat> Dressed to Kill, stuff like that. So, yeah, we just just got into all the cool stuff. So yeah. your band Terminatrix also uh, incorporates theatrical and heavy music. So I want to know, you know, how the band started and who's in the lineup and what's going on with it right now. Yeah, um, the core lineup is um, myself and my my wife Sonia. We do pretty much everything together, including all our film festivals as well. Um, it was um, well, we met in two thousand, and around two thousand two, a friend, a friend, Christina, they were they were sort of sitting around, kind of joking that you know there aren't any cool kind of hardcore bands in South Africa with female vocals. It just didn't exist. There's about one or two rock bands with female vocals, and that was it. But nothing more extreme than just kind of rock or radio rock. And um, so we, I just thought, okay, let me let me fiddle around and put something together. And <laughs> they didn't really expect it and put a couple of songs together. And, yeah, just rolled from there. It was sort of just having fun. And then it just became more serious. And uh, Christina, the friend who, it was going to be like a double female vocal uh, group, but then she dropped out very early. Um, and yeah, I just, um, we've, you know, we kind of fused the name, a couple, a couple of names together just, just for fun. Um, the Matrix and Terminator and um, kind of getting the, the Terminatrix word. But then, um, yeah, then the, the third Terminator came out and then the nickname for the, for the female Terminator, they called it Terminatrix. That's why we we changed it. it. That was Terminatrix with an I X. That's why we made it the Y X at the end, so it didn't look the same. And that also helped us to just get you know you get the .dot com or any anything with that spelling would not get confused with 
with the Terminator movies, Terminatrix. From from the get-go, we wanted to create something that was kind of a blend of organic and electronic and have visuals to go with it. And um, that's why whenever we, we make music videos for, for our songs, it's mm-hmm. usually some kind of a horror flavor to it or something cinematic. Um, and, yeah, also instead of just uh, being on stage in T-shirts and denims, we sort of put some put some effort into the into the band's look as well just so that it's that it's more than just just a, a boring mm-hmm. rock band was terminatrix your professional start in music or were you in bands before that um and who are some of your musical influences i think yeah i started playing drums in the in the mid 80s um at a band my with my two brothers francois and and Henri jacques we had a, a garage band and we did sort of covers, kind of punk and rock and metal covers. Um, my older brother bought me. I always wanted, just for some reason, I always just wanted to play drums. I had a kind of a, a rhythmic attraction. And he bought me this little kind of crappy little Beatles drum kit. And we beat the shit out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those cymbals didn't last very long. It's sort of these low budget, low budget kit with low budget cymbals. Um, yeah, we played played a couple of covers and just messed around. Um, but then from there, um, I met the guys uh, in the band. We had the band Moral Decay, and then from there we started the band Metal Morphosis. There's a, another band with, a, with the same name here in up in Johannesburg, but we were down in Cape Town. It was a year or a couple of years before that. Um, so if, with Metal Morphosis, um, we played a couple of shows in this little kind of a basement underground bar. Uh, my brother, Francois, when he came out of military service back then, you still had to go do two years of military service when you when you leave school. And a friend of his, his dad had this bar and he oh, was managing this bar. And then he asked him if he wanted to do these Saturday afternoons to come play like rock, metal and punk. So that became quite a kind of a hangout for Cape Town here yeah, from the like, 1987 onwards until the early 90s it was called arties everyone in cape town back in the metal days will definitely remember arties and so we played some uh, metal morphosis shows there and then another band also played there was uh vod voice of destruction and then their drummer left and then they asked me to join and i did because it was more it was far more the kind of thing that i liked it was kind of a crossover sort of hardcore thrash speed kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and i was sort of getting slowly getting getting better just playing a lot and you know you have to kind of keep up and have the stamina to to play fast and fast and heavy and yeah so joined vod in about 1989 i think and the band never officially broke up but um yeah we went on to to record in in the uk in the mid 90s um and we toured Europe as well with uh, Catatonia and from Sweden and in the woods from Norway. Did a full European tour about 96, 97. And then I came back because um, we lived in lived in the UK for a couple of years over that time. And I bought myself a bass guitar on while we were on tour and started messing around with that. And I started this solo project called Fate. Um, spell it with an F and the number eight, letter F and the number eight. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just uh, programmed drums and lots of distorted bass stuff, kind of like in the vein of ministry. Um, 
And then that was sort of the, the same kind of foundation um, that the Terminatrix music came from. But then it sort of expanded because the, uh, the guy was playing guitar with us. He left for the States. So I had to start doing guitar as well. And then messed around with some programming and synths and then recording the stuff. So I just, I just kind of ended up doing doing all of that. But, you know, just listening, like, like I mentioned, all the stuff I listened to growing up, especially when the thrash era came around, you know, Metallica, Slayer, those bands, Creator, it was quite, a, quite an influence for me on the drums. And even now with, with Terminatrix, the, my guitar, my guitar playing, it's very, it's very straightforward. I don't get fancy with any kind of crazy lead breaks and stuff. It's lots of, lots of chugging and you know, uh -huh. kind of, rhythmic heavy rhythmic kind of a vibe to it mixed with kind of electronic things but guitar wise i would also be pretty much influenced by the sort of the thrash era um favorite bands are oh, so difficult at left i mean because i actually i'm not limited to to heavy music i like absolutely anything and everything so the lists are very long on on possible influences well one of your coolest endeavors is the sound on screen film festival which is coming up very soon and i'm really honored to have my documentary on the ventures included this year so thank you for that um for yeah. those listening uh, can you give some backstory on how and why you created this festival in particular yeah no we're very happy to include your movie and thanks for for making it a, a free to access movie which is very cool because um People down here sometimes it's a bit tight for them to to, to fork over cash for anything. Yes. So it's always cool, always cool to have something that's very cool that's that's there to 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 watch for free. And I, I can't remember were we connected on Facebook before this, or did I contact you when I, I spotted you posted something on the ventures? I can't remember if we were connected before. I think we were before. Yeah, because yeah. we both yeah. love music and movies, and we yeah. both um used to write for Fangoria with uh, yeah, Chris Alexander. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was the initial connection. Yeah, yeah. And I thought now, because whenever, you know, that's, I guess sometimes people said Facebook is useless, but it is definitely useful for things like this, because I Absolutely. didn't know about that. And I started and I thought, hey, let me, let me, let me drop you a message. It's something I've learned. Just, we, we started doing our festivals in 2004, 2005. And, you know, you just, if you don't ask, you don't know. So sometimes people just ignore you, and then sometimes they're, they're excited to get involved. Um, but yeah, no, the, um, initially, um, all, all of our film festivals kind of just flowed out from one another. We started the Horror Fest in uh, 2005. It's our 19th one this year, which is crazy. Uh, so the first one is 2005, but then we, we got uh, um, you know, submissions that are a bit more science fiction, so we ended up creating the Celluloid Film Festival, which is sci-fi and and fantasy and animated movies and shorts. Mm -hmm. But then also off from the Horror Fest, we ended up getting um, submissions that were more kind of extreme movies than horror movies. And um, we decided to start the X-Fest, which is like an extreme and underground film festival. Oh, okay. But then from, from then technically... Um, because but then we did one the extreme an extreme music edition of the X Fest because the one year we had all these documentaries Einstutz and the Neubauten documentary one on Throbbing Gristle, um, a live show for uh, Devin Townsend and um, Strapping Young Lad, um, 
this crazy movie that Doug Sackman from from Troma did. Um, I think it's Punk Rock Holocaust that he shot like at the at the Warped Festival. This, this guy going around <laughs> chopping people up oh, at wow. the at the last Just this crazy, crazy low budget movie, but it's linked to music. So we just and get thrashed that cool documentary on on thrash metal. So we put all this together as an extreme music uh, themed X Fest. But then from that, we decided, you know, there isn't, I mean, none of, none of these film festivals, they were, it, I mean, they had kind of straightforward and serious film festivals, not like ours aren't serious, but our film festivals are more alternative, off-center, less commercial. Um, uh, so, you know, we just, I just realized that, you know, there isn't really a, a music-themed film festival. So from the extreme a film festival theme of the X-Fest, we just decided to create a film festival that is just, it was the year that um, It Might Get Loud, that, that guitar documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, that year we, we we created, I think it was 2010, uh, we created Sound on Screen just to, just to, you know, give people the opportunity to see cool music-themed movies and documentaries that they probably won't get to see in 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 other in 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 the cinema and i'm sure Mm. you've met some really great people through your festivals and gained some fans for movies that might not otherwise be seen no definitely we we definitely have um some some hardcore fans that have like been with us since the like with the horror face the people that come back every single year since the very first one so almost for almost 20 years, we've got we've got people that we've got to know them through that, not just the audience, but also people submitting movies to the festival that become friends and ambassadors, as you know, just sort of uh, telling people whenever they can, telling them about the festival. Um, I mean, we also, just for the Horror Fest, it's also expanded to, you know, the uh, Movie Maker magazine and Dread Central, they've, they've put us on their top 50 lists of, of global horror film festivals for the horror nice. fest, which is, which is very cool to at least, you know, at least if you mention that someone who might not take you serious will go, okay, well, I guess they're not just a fly by night little operation doing a, doing a, a little film festival in their lounge. You know? so, right. right. And it, it, it's also becoming more difficult just to, you know, to, to get the cinema slots. Um, that's why this year, unfortunately, we're not having any cinema slots for sign on screen. It'll just be streaming. Because um, the the cinema we use the the Labe Theater in Cape Town is a little independent theater. Yeah, it's difficult to, to to get screens because they they sort of need to keep their head above water, so they need to screen the commercial stuff. Initially, I mean, the first the the, the it's cinema it was a theater, and then they turned it into a cinema in the seventies, and they always had it was very much an art house cinema showing odd, cool, strange stuff. I mean that's why I saw. Um, Naked Lunch, uh, Train Spotting, uh, Sick, that Bob Flanagan documentary, Apocalypse Now, they rescreen stuff like that, and uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, just some you know, things that you wouldn't see in the regular commercial cinemas. Um, yeah, but so, but now nowadays they they kind of need to balance out screening the arty, odd, interesting stuff, but keep the commercial things in mind because they need to. They need to pay the rent. Um, well, aside from the Ventures stars on guitars, what is playing at Sound on Screen this year? Do you have some favorites, or are there? Is it just documentaries, oh, uh, or are there also narrative films on music? It's, it's, it's 
for the most part it's documentaries but it's it's just anything and everything that is music related um it's uh, this year's oh, it's our, it's our biggest one this year. We've got 50, 53 titles. Obviously, now this is short films, sort of medium length and full feature films. But um, oh, I'm going to have to think which are some of the coolest ones. Um, there's uh, Don't Turn Your Back on Friday Night. Ike Riley um, is a music veteran. The documentary was executive, executive produced by Tom Morello. He also okay. appears in the documentary. There's lots, I mean, everyone. And everyone who is anyone knows about Ike Riley and they love him and they all just cannot understand why he isn't a household name. So this documentary is about him and just you know, all kinds of struggles that he has and just to be acknowledged and everyone loves loves his music, but it's just not it just not does not have the success that people expect it to have. That's a it's very um, a lot of these movies it's very cool for musicians to watch because sometimes people get into music with a bit of a um, um, an, an illusion of what it might be or what it can be when it's actually it could be a disaster or just complete headache and heartache. <laughs> Never mind all the blood, all, all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. So yeah, so a lot of these movies, I, I would definitely advise musicians to watch because it's it's some some nice lessons lessons that other people learned that you don't have to go through that you can actually learn from. But um, yeah, and we also. We're also pairing uh, Don't Turn Your Back on Friday Night. We're pairing it with a, a, a Swiss short called Stratocast Air. It's about a guy who goes into a music shop and he wants to buy an air guitar. Oh. So it's a little, <laughs> com- little, little, little narrative comedy. And um, there's an interesting documentary on, um, it's called Music Power, the story of Capital Radio 604. Um, this was a radio station here in South Africa that um, they create because of the apartheid era. There was, you know, the news was very much the government's um, words that needed to get relayed instead of the truth. So this uh, Capital Radio 604, they set it up um, sort of just outside of South Africa, but broadcast into South Africa. And it was sort of in the guise of a music radio station, but then in the news reports that actually have the, the actual truthful news on what's happening in South Africa. Um, it was sort of a kind of a, a pirate radio station, which then later became more of a commercial station, but, but that was how it got created. And it's a very interesting documentary on you know, interviews with all the DJs and everyone who oh, were involved. Oh, that does sound interesting. Mm. And then there's a documentary above and beyond on the global rise of Afro house. Which is, I guess, you know, dance music has gone into so many different directions, mm-hmm. and house music as well. And Afro house is kind of one that, you know, has also gone global. So it's a very interesting look to see how that happened. We've got a a musical from the Ukraine called "Got to Be Free." Um, it's a, uh, I think it's obviously very topical. Yes. But it's a it's a it's a musical set um, around the revolution of. Uh, uh, in Kiev in, in in 2014, um, so that's that's worthwhile looking at it from a kind of a musical artistic perspective. It's kind of a love story about a musician and an activist that get involved. So yeah, that's that's something that you yeah, can get you thinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can't not can't not think of Ukraine in the last years. So it's uh, definitely one to check out. Um, we also have um, like some of the movies are. Kind of like I said, the sort of uh, feature films, short films, and then the medium length ones. 
So I tend to kind of pair them together instead of having it as a single movie. Like one we have, we call it The Art of Teaching Music. So it's two short, two medium movies, one called Chameleons from Austria about music teachers and one from Russia called Unseen, following uh, different kind of music uh, students around and their endeavors and how they their dreams and trying to do what they want to do and if they actually can end up doing that. We have, oh, there's so many, uh, 500 Days of Silence. I think you on one of your podcasts, you had someone from the Black Moods. Yes, uh-huh. Because the 500 Days of Silence is a documentary on on them and the, the whole lockdown period. Um, but it goes it goes beyond them just with interviews with everyone from Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony from, from Van Halen, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, guy from Steel Panther, Ario Speedwagon, Eddie Trunk, you know, it's a whole bunch of interviews with people just around, you know, I mean, guess some people are kind of uh, COVID fatigued and pandemic and lockdown fatigued, but, you know, this is something that had quite an impact, especially on musicians, because once everything closed down, that was that. You just couldn't play anywhere. So this is a very cool documentary. too. It's not a, it's not like a kind of a painful drag of a documentary like people might expect if it's linked to the pandemic, but it's, you know, it's music, so it's joyful, so it's got lots of cool stuff in it, and and uh, yeah, some interesting interesting perspectives from all these different musicians. Obviously, Steel Panther is not going to be as serious as some of the other people, but no, it's a it's a fun documentary. Um, yeah, that band... sounds like quite an OS, like a broad overview of different kinds of movies about music. So yeah. Uh, well, as we I touched on a few minutes ago, that we've both written for Fangoria magazine uh, through yeah. our former editor Chris Alexander, who rocks. He yeah. also loves music. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm wondering though, uh, just narrowing it down to horror, can you recommend some good horror movies you've seen lately? Whether they're like indies through your festival or something that you've seen, you know, on Netflix or what are some of your favorite classics as well? I always love to know that. Oh yeah, the classics. I guess uh, we'll start with that. Obviously, has to, for me The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's always a winner for me. You can never, you can't. Yeah, well, I guess you can do better, but I've, it'd be a long stretch to to beat The Shining for me. And anything David Cronenberg. I mean, yeah, I just it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Um, Old Nosferatu, specifically because we've we've done a soundtrack for it as well, so it's more more personal. Just because it's still such a cool movie, uh, just actually having worked on creating a soundtrack for it. Um, which um, one, the then, uh, Werner Herzog or the twenty? No, no, no the the original Murnau okay. one. Mm. Um, but Werner Herzog's is also that's probably one of the one of the best movie remakes, I would say. It's, yeah. It's such a such a cool movie, um, and ah oh, man, they are. I guess it's a it's it's just just like music, trying to get favorites. You need to <laughs> yeah, you need to sort of link them in what kind of movie. And if it's, is it a sci sci fi horror, a comedy horror, a kind of a, a classic? It's just so uh, it's so difficult for me to to make a list of favorites, but um. Yeah, let's see what else. Yeah. You know, uh, Dead Alive, that classic um, Peter Jackson oh, movie. Oh, yeah. You know, I love, like sort of crazy comedy gore movies. I love that kind of thing. Uh, the Evil Dead trilogy, obviously. Um, 
And there's Carrie, a new one coming, right? A new Evil Dead movie coming up. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise, I think, next month. I think it just it just screened in South by Southwest. I think people all had some good reports on it. Um, and it's I just other day it's actually it's actually ten years since that Evil Dead remake came out. It's crazy how time flies. I know. So I think, I, yeah, I covered that at the press junket. It is hard to believe it was ten years ago. Wow. Yes, man. So I guess they'll they'll do one every ten years or so. But then you know, obviously, <laughs> Ash, Ash versus Evil Dead in between was just so. I mean, obviously not a movie, but it just links so well with it. It's yeah. If if you love Evil Dead and you haven't seen Ash versus Evil Dead series, you definitely have to get onto that. Um, we well, we just yeah, we just recently watched The Last of Us. We were a bit apprehensive to to get into it. Again, not a movie, but a series. Um, and I never played the video game. A friend of mine gave me the, the game on PS3, but then my console packed up, so I never played the game. Um, but apparently they were quite they were quite um, true to the to the video game. Um, so that's so a interesting... post-apocalyptic horror series, right? Yeah, yeah. But just regarding, I mean, like the Blumhouse movies, uh, the the Halloween movies were cool the, since the first one is twenty eighteen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the last the last couple of years, the the Blumhouse Halloweens were cool. the The resurrection of Scream was alright. Um, Scream Six wasn't that bad, but it didn't it didn't blow me away. Um, it's also just you know having watched. Well, okay, if, if I'm I'm 50, 52 now, so I mean I've probably been watching horror movies for at least forty five years. So right, to, yeah, there's not much you haven't already seen. You've kind of seen everything. <laughs> so, so when someone comes along with something really cool, um, yeah, then 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 you, then you notice it. But yeah, for well, stuff that we um, like for the recent horror fest, some of the movies that were great fun was Mad Heidi. I don't know if you've seen that. Not yet. And if you if you know the you know the 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 Swiss kids the kids uh, Heidi the right the yeah I mean they're redoing a lot of those isn't there a Winnie the yeah. Pooh horror film as well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I haven't seen that yet though. um or or well, kind of cocaine bear is probably not on the same level but but yeah so Mad Heidi is this crazy take on the on this uh, on the the Heidi the Heidi character um. It's it's yeah it's 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 mad it's crazy it's sort of over the top but very much in line of I don't know if you've seen um, uh, uh, um, Iron Sky no. that that science fiction movie with the Nazis on the moon oh uh, wow it's crazy it's, it's very much in 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 line with that um, um, but I yeah. want to talk about the crossover between horror imagery and rock and metal and industrial music, because you do a lot of that um, in your videos. You make like mini movies that are like horror yeah. and really dark and cool with the music. The sound and the image just it just fits, I think. And I mean, we we what we would like if we had our way, we would make horror movies every year. But, you know, time and cost and those things just don't make it possible. So we just end up working those into music videos for our for our songs. Mm -hmm. So we kind of do a little kind of a double whammy. We just do the music and we end up making mini movies that are usually kind of horror or science fiction kind of related or strange, strange off center kind of paranormal themes. So what's coming up for you in the near future? Yeah, last, last year we um we brought out our our fifth Terminatrix album. Well, like we, our fifth Terminatrix release. We, whenever we do an album, we also do a full remix version of it. Um, 
get people to do remixes of the songs. So we did our first and our second album, and then they each got a remix album as well. And then we did a kind of a different album this year. Um, well, last year, uh, we we did three songs, but then also three songs from our solo projects from three of our members. My one of my my fate solo project, my wife Sonia's uh, solo project called Isabel, and our drummer Ronnie, his project called Isulasi, which is Afrikaans for isolation, a little project that he started during during the lockdown. Uh-huh. So um, so we added those on there, and then three remixes from the three original songs. So it's sort of nine vastly different songs on this one album. Also did a, a music video for one of the songs called Saker, as Afrikaans word for sugar. And it's an Afrikaans song. Um, also got a bit of a horror theme in it again. So we did that at the end of last year. So this year we'll try and do at least another music video for one of the new songs as well. Um, but then my wife's, the solo project that I mentioned, um, Isabel, um, it's a kind of a dark folk project, acoustic project, very, very different to, to Terminatrix. But um, I sort of help with the production with that and the recording and mixing and uh, play bass guitar on it. So I still, I just haven't finished the mixing of that album. So I want to finish that this year as well. What is the best place to find and follow you online where people can then go to all the offshoots of your festivals and your music and everything? Um, but paulblom.com my, my links are there because yeah I mean yeah we just got so many we've got all the different horror fest websites we've got the terminatrix website with it but yeah if people go to paulblom.com all the all the links will be there perfect all right well thank you paul i really appreciate thank you too. taking the time to educate me on the south african music scene very interesting and um Definitely, I recommend everyone check out Terminatrix. Um, the new video that he mentioned, or fairly new, Sugar, is very interesting and cool horror visuals, and it's on YouTube. So thanks. Thanks so much. I'm taking a little break from nonfiction this week and sharing a short excerpt from one of the Rock and Roll Nightmares fiction editions. This is from the audiobook Along Comes Scary, read by Jennifer Knighton. It's My Party and I'll Die If I Want To by Darren Gordon-Smith and Stacey Lane Wilson Spring, 1964 Gabe clutches the steering wheel of the 10-year-old red Ford Thunderbird convertible, turning it this way and that. If only he could actually drive it instead of just sitting here in the driveway. But there are other things, better things, to be grateful for. For instance... Sitting in the passenger seat beside him is the girl of his dreams, Anna. Gabe can see her slim ankles just below the fold of her pedal pushers, and her sweater is tighter than it should be for a girl her age. Not that he's complaining. Besides, Gabe is the same age, so that makes it okay, he figures. Her strawberry blonde hair is shoulder length, and the ends flip up just like the Patty Duke show's titular star. Anna fiddles with the radio, but all they're getting is static. She blows a big bubble with her chewing gum, pops it, and then deftly reels the explosion back in with her tongue. I can't believe you don't know Twist and Shout. It's on the radio, you know, like everywhere, all the time. Gabe smiles at her, even if she is a bit of a know-it-all. Okay, you win, Anna. You're a bigger Beatles fan than me. But someday... 
I'm going to interview them. Even Ringo. And even Pete Best? Him, too. Then he reconsiders. No, I shouldn't say all that. It sounds like a bunch of big talk. Anna reaches out and puts her hand on his forearm. No, it doesn't. Look, Gabe, you're already the best writer in our class. I wouldn't be surprised if I open up the paper someday and there you are interviewing Dylan. Anyway, what's wrong with you and me having big dreams? I mean, I want to be a famous photographer. Gabe sees the earnestness in her eyes, her big, blue, beautiful eyes. They're like a magnet, drawing his face closer to hers. To his surprise, Anna doesn't move away. Just as their lips are about to meet, a screech of static bursts from the radio, ruining the moment. Anna's hand moves for the dial. To Gabe's dismay, she doesn't turn it off. She turns it up. another episode of Rock and Roll Nightmares. I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson. The theme song, Out for Blood, is composed and sung by Lars with a Z, Cabot, and the band is Fuzzbuster. This is an indie podcast, so your subscriptions and ratings are really important. Thank you for joining me, and until next time... <laughs>